Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash Serlin. Hello and welcome to Serlin on Game Design, Episode 7, Sequels. My host today is Mr. G. Phantom. Hey, Serlin, how are you doing? Hey, good. Let's talk about sequels to, to, to all sorts of things, not just games. Like there's video games, there's tabletop games, there's movies, there's books. I think when people talk about sequels and they get maybe upset about how they're bad or something, there's a lot of different issues because it depends on the medium. It depends what kind of sequel. So we could kind of sort through the different kinds and then we'd be better able to talk about sequels. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a pretty loaded subject, I guess you can say, right? <laughs> how people feel about sequels. Yeah. So how about movies and books? I kind of want to pick examples that everybody knows about the super popular like Transformers, the series mm-hmm. and, or, and Harry, or the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, or the Hunger Games and Harry Potter. I was thinking for books. Now, I haven't even read the Harry Potter books and I haven't even seen the Transformers movies, but I think my points will still stand. If you could maybe give me a different examples if you have better ones. But uh, I was thinking that from everything I've heard about the Transformers movies, people just seem to think they're not very good movies. Is that, do you think that's fair or, or what? I would say as someone who's actually even watched some of, some of the Transformers movies, I would say they're not good movies. Certainly the sequels. I would even say the original wasn't, but that's, you know, that's just me. Okay, so I bring this, I mean, it's a little weird to use examples I haven't even seen, but I'm just bringing it up because it's a summer blockbuster type movie. It's like totally marketing driven if you hear there's going to be like, let's say you've seen two of them or something and you hear there's going to be a third one, you know that the reason that that third one exists is like entirely just straight money. Right. I mean, I don't think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, of course, it's true in general, like sequels exist to make money. But I think there's like a spectrum of how much was it about the creativity versus the money. I think that's totally valid criticism. I think a lot of people would agree with that criticism, like movie reviewers or people who just watch movies in general, general audience. Yeah. And sorry if there's some Transformers fans, you can just imagine some other kind of movie series that was just purely business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So Harry Potter, like I said, I haven't read the Harry Potter books, but I've read interviews. I've seen the author speak before. I have like kind mm-hmm. of a sense of what's going on. And have you, ha, have you seen the Harry Potter movies yeah, at all? I, I saw the first one. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, really good, actually. Uh, but, but the sense I get is that it's really about telling more of the story. And that's why there's sequels. It definitely feels like story driven sequels, mainly because if the story was one large book or one gigantic movie, it would be kind of impossible to read. Like just the format. So you kind of have to split it up to allow people to absorb the story and the information in packets, right? Each book is really long already. So yeah, it's like crazy to make it even super longer. Sure. Yeah. So so Game of Thrones, like I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan on the HBO show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read the books, but there's a lot of similarities between the, the series and the books. So it's another sure, example yeah, like definitely. along the lines of Harry Potter, where I get the sense that the author just has a really big story to tell. And maybe mm-hmm. there's some non-zero percentage of like, well, it would make money to keep going. Sure. But sure, I just definitely. I just don't get that that's what's driving them. I mean, in my opinion. I would agree with that. There's definitely a story they want to tell. And it's a long one. You have to have the appropriate format to do that. So multiple books or multiple movies, or in the case of Game of Thrones, multiple episodes is kind of the best way to do that. Yeah. So the reason I just bring this up at all is if we were talking about like something we haven't mentioned yet uh, and I said, oh, there's a sequel to that thing. You shouldn't really just outright say like, oh, sequels, like they're all garbage and they're only for money because I mean, there's there's just more to it. It really depends on what kind of sequel we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the problem is is the amount of sequels that was coming out these days, right? Like maybe back, you know, the 90s or something, the sequels were not as common, maybe. So now we have a bunch of sequels. You have a huge list of sequels. I mean, I, I could just, I can name off just a bunch of sequels. Do you have some movie sequels you can rattle off? I, I can I can list some movie sequels. Alan Partridge 2, Alice in Wonderland 2, Avatar 2, is that this year, all this stuff? or According to a list, uh, I, I, I found a list online. Uh, okay, go this ahead. This is all stuff. Uh, Blade Runner 2. 
The Conjuring 2, Dodgeball 2, Horrible Bosses 2, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, <laughs> Independence Day 2. Oh, my. Know, okay, Pacific well, it's, Rim 2. It's easy to see why people are skeptical. <laughs> right. Because absolutely. a lot of these, I think we know which category they fall in. <laughs> right. Definitely. Okay, well, let's just move on. I think we've covered that mini yeah. part of the topic. Yeah. So a, a different concept is like whether a sequel is extending what's already there, as in like telling more of the story. That's what we've talked mm -hmm. about so far, mm -hmm. versus redoing the story that was already there, like rebooting right. it. Mm -hmm. That's a different kind of thing. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on reboots? I think a reboot can be good to refresh old ideas to bring them to a new audience. So yeah. I don't want to dismiss them outright, but there are certainly reboots that feel very shallow and like cash grabs, right? I think the best example would be the new Amazing Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. They did three, which I thought were two of them were really good. Third one was maybe the weakest one of them all. The Venom right? one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the third that, one with the I think that one's really bad. I like the other ones, though. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead. But then they rebooted it. Do you, do you know why they rebooted that? Do you know why? I, I actually don't know the I know why. reason why. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a weird thing going on. That's like mm. a very special case. Sony was going to lose the Spider-Man license unless they released a movie within a certain time frame. Oh, so okay. they released that reboot specifically to keep the license, as far as I know. Uh, so <laughs> right. it's that, a, that makes it, that makes it sound even worse. It's a little <laughs> little more cash grabby, right? You know, right, right. A little well, less it's, about it's, let's bring it to a new audience than the one from a couple years ago. <laughs> right, definitely, definitely. But then again, there are good remakes. There are remakes that introduce old ideas to a new audience. Um, sure, uh, you know. Though right now I can't think of one. <laughs> 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 oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible way to to go into. Well, it. Maybe even, you have one. No, I don't even. Well, yeah, but I don't even want to dwell on it because these are yeah. just little mini topics. So let's just let's just move on and get to games. Really, like okay, yeah, let's do it. So a sequel in a game. There's kind of the same question there about how much is it extending the content, like a new story or mm -hmm, a new mm -hmm. game, and then how much is it sort of redoing what it was before. So let's see something like a, a Mario game. Mm -hmm. So a Mario game, it's kind of both. If you buy a new Mario game, it has all new levels, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, it's yeah. like a new experience to play it. But Mario it also, games have... Oh, go ahead. No, but I was going to say on the other hand that there's a lot of things that are the same on purpose. Like not because they couldn't think of something, but just mm -hmm. that there's zeroing in on how does it feel good to control Mario? Like when he runs, if you hold left, like what speed should he run at? What radius of the circle? He actually runs mm -hmm. in a circle if you hold left. So like what's the radius be? If you hold left and then right very quickly, he turns around. How quickly should he turn around? What should the turning momentum be? When he mm -hmm. jumps, what's the initial velocity and acceleration? How high should he jump? There's a, I could go on and on and on about like a million things about tuning how he moves. And they just get better and better. He feels fantastic. So I'm yeah. glad that they build on that. His tuning and his moveset is just fantastic. If it was like they had never made a Mario game and just like, okay, make one out of nowhere, that would be pretty hard to nail the way they have. Even if you go back to the NES days, making the feel of Mario games feel consistent, but reinventing kind of the gameplay, I would say, right? Mario 1 is very different from Mario 3. Oh, yeah. But it still feels kind of the same of the jumping and the moving around. Well, so another thing they lean on is they've got kind of a formula now in how they hide stars and finding secrets in each level. And it's like mm -hmm. a little different each game, but it's sort of the same. So on the one hand, that's good because they're zeroing in on a good system. And on the other hand, if someone criticized it and said like, ah, oh, another Mario game, like, I guess I could understand that. Because maybe, right. maybe someone just wants a completely different experience. But I think that person could have a totally valid uh, statement there. And yet I like that Nintendo keeps making them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. like, well, Nintendo's made a really great case for themselves because they can keep the core moving Mario part the same. But the content is so is always feels so fresh. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard for someone to make the real case of it's just another Mario game. But when you do things like introduce gravity in Mario Galaxy or yeah, multiplayer. Mario, Mario Galaxy is so creative. <laughs> yeah, it's super creative. 
but essentially it's still Mario running around in a 3D world with jumps that harken back to Mario 64. Yeah. So I'll give you another example that's it's pretty weird, and I didn't really think about how strange this was until mm-hmm. Derek Daniels mentioned this. He is he was a developer on God of War. So uh, did you play God of War one and two by chance? I played the first one, and I think I played the second one briefly. I liked them both a lot. I didn't play three, but I played one and two. Anyway, he was saying that at the okay spoilers spoiler alert. If someone doesn't mm-hmm. want to know the story of God of War, you should mm-hmm. skip like two minutes here but uh so at the end of god of war one you are literally the god of war okay literally Mm -hmm. as in like practically unlimited supernatural powers okay (laughs) you are the god of war right you're not just like a guy with like a whip or something and a a health bar and (laughs) so derek daniel's point was all right so we made this game we're proud of it think it's good now we're going to make a sequel. So you start as the god of war? Like, what are we doing exactly? <laughs> like, how do we, <laughs> right, right. Like, how, what's level right. one look like? So you're mm-hmm. like a god, you can do anything. And then you got to make the whole game out of it. And so right. he, he's complained and he said, you know what I wish we could do is just what Zelda does. And uh, just kind of start over and not say anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Zelda, I didn't. I mean, it's. I didn't even think about that. But I'm like, yeah. How come Zelda gets to do that? And every Zelda, you're like a little kid, and you get a sword, and then mm-hmm. like you get like some bombs or arrows or something, and you never, you never walk around town at the beginning of Zelda, and someone's like, "Hey, Link, you're like the dude that killed Ganondorf, right? Like, like ten <laughs> yeah, or fifteen yeah, yeah. times now, I think. Yeah. Like, and in no, fact, you you often fight Ganondorf again in the new game that you're playing. Yeah, and it's like a slightly different Ganondorf or something. Uh-huh. Or it used to yeah, be Ganon. Yeah, yeah. It was just Ganon originally. And then <laughs> right, somewhere right, along right. the way, he became Ganondorf. <laughs> yeah, you, you went on this when we were playing Smash about this Ganon-Ganondorf thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he was Ganon in the first Zelda. I don't know why he's Ganon. Dorf sounds stupider to me. I don't know why he right. became Dorf. So well, you, yeah, shouldn't the, just, you shouldn't just say Dorf. That sounds really bad. <laughs> so the, anyway, there's a lot of similarities in these Zeldas. Now, they're not the same. I mean, like sometimes you got like a boat that talks to you or sometimes a train or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Sometimes your hair is blonde and sometimes your hair is brown. Yeah, sometimes you're cell shaded. Sometimes you're not. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, we're making fun of it, but like there's a lot of mechanics in Zelda that they're using over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. In a good way. Like, I mean, you could say they're lazy or something, but I'm not going to say that. It's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a system that they can use to make a new game out of, and it's a mm-hmm, good base mm-hmm. to build on. It's important to have a little familiarity in these new Zelda games. You don't want to alienate the fans to have to relearn a whole new system. You want them to be able to jump into a new Zelda game and just play it as if they've been playing Zelda games for years, which they have. So a new Zelda game has familiar things and a ton of mechanics that you've seen before, but probably new mechanics and presented in a new way and with a new story and new monsters and puzzles and stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 good. It's like new and old, you know. So I don't know what the answer is to the God of War guy of like, how come they can't do that? Because they totally Mm -hmm. couldn't. Right. I mean, they can't just go God of War 2. All right. You're just like a regular guy again. Like, yeah. n- not because you were a god and your powers are taken away. Not, no, you just, you're just a guy. We're just not even going to say yeah. anything about it. <laughs> it's just a new, it's just a new adventure <laughs> that is unrelated to the first one. Maybe Zelda was able to get away with that because it was the NES age and no one was expecting people to build upon these complex stories on, on new games. And then they kind of just ran with that. Yeah, Maybe. Incidentally, my opinion on God of War 2, I, I don't like the ending to God of War 2, but other than that, I liked it more as a game. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's really just for the same reasons we're talking about. It's that they, there was a ton of stuff that they had to figure out in God of War 1 about like, how does he move around and what are his moves and how does the camera mm-hmm. work? And, and they did an incredible job, like an A plus job on all that stuff. Yeah. And now yeah. once that was done, then even if they just spent... A fraction of that time over again saying how do we make this even more polished then it can you can have a better experience like 
he can pick up a couple of weapons that give him a bunch of different moves and mm-hmm. his double jumps a little different and just little things yeah. here and there are just tuned better. And then they can look back at like, well, we made a bunch of puzzles. So which ones were good and bad and how do we learn to only make good ones mm-hmm. <laughs> next time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to make the most fun game. Yes. So making one help them make a really good two. And we're kind of caught in this thing where it's like, on the one hand, that's really good. And they absolutely should make number two because it was better in many ways, mechanically or puzzles or whatever. Combat two, it may be more tuned or polished. It extended the story. It did like everything you would want it to do. And yet someone could say like, ah, another God of War. Like, how come they can't think of anything new? Mm-hmm. And then list, you know, 20 sequels that came out that year. And, you know, yeah, there were 20 sequels that came out that year. So, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what to say there. I think the big thing about God of War is it actually improves, right? If God of War 2 was worse than one, then we'd have a problem, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's about like how much effort they put into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in that game in particular, it was a huge amount of effort and they super cared about it. Right. And that's right. not always the case on sequels i mean some of them are just like crapped out right 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 right. they take it and they give it to some studio guy tell them they have six months and then you have a sequel (laughs) (laughs) anyways god of war didn't do that they made god of war 2 sounds like a great sequel i mean it sounds like three was good people liked three uh i never played it you never played it but people seem to like it yeah i can't speak to that uh but let's go even more extreme now so something like um mario kart Mm-hmm. So you've played the new one, Mario Kart 8. I have. Have you played the old ones much? Or? I feel like I've played each incarnation of Mario Kart at least once. So I'm going to just come right out and make this claim that Mario Kart 8 is one of the most polished games ever. It's beautiful. <laughs> the production values are incredibly good. Music, sound, effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yeah. The control is so well-tuned. The system is tuned as well about, you know, when you're in last, like you get different items, but which items and which frequency and Mm -hmm. exactly how is all what's the algorithm for? It's actually not even by place anymore. I don't know if Mm -hmm. if you know that it's by how far behind the first person you are. That's by distance, not by place. Right, right. It's there's so many things that are just so fantastically tuned. They could never I think they could never make Mario Kart 8 as a first Mario Kart game. It's way too good. (laughs) Right, yeah. It sounds like Mario Kart 8 is as if they created that game based on years and years and years and years of iteration. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds almost like that, doesn't it? (laughs) Okay, so I think, I mean, and I'm, maybe I'm, I don't think I'm wrong. I think that the average person out there pretty much agrees with that. And if you showed a Mario Kart 8, they'd go, this is great, and they'd be happy. I don't think yeah. there's like this kind of undercurrent of ah oh, damn Nintendo making Mario Kart over again. Like, screw them. I don't really get that. Yeah, it seems like people are generally excited when a new Mario Kart is going to come out. Like when a new system, when the Wii U came out, it's like, ooh, like that means another Mario Kart. It's a new generation, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. OK, so. All right. So let's say that people think that now they're not getting a new story because there's no story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even a lot of the tracks are the same right i mean they're not exactly the same but yeah they carry over the tracks that people enjoyed in the older games because they were fun they were balanced and people like to race on them yeah so if you what i'm trying to the angle i have here is like if you wanted to be really critical of it and say it was crap then wouldn't it be easy Mm -hmm. because it's like it's nothing new it's the same thing over again how come i have to buy the game over again but nobody says that so why so why why not right yeah, so why not? It be because it's I mean, is it just as simple as because the game is good and that's why not? Or <laughs> or like how do they get out of this this trap or something? You know, it is really pretty. So a new paint job helps make it look new and not old. Yeah, so new graphics, uh, it's new system is like an excuse to release a new game. They do add features, right? They add the yeah, customized they, cards and the hover wheel stuff, the parachutes. I don't remember that from the older games. I don't know if maybe they were in them or something. I mean, that's true. But even if those things weren't in the game, it seems like it would still be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. I mean, it's true, but it's just like not really the tipping yeah. point, I, th- I think. Sure. 
I think the last reason I would maybe say is because they're used to buying it over and over. Yeah, maybe. Let me give you an, another example that you're even more familiar with. So how about fighting games? So like Street Fighter and Guilty Gear. Now, these are way far opposite from what we started out with, like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Because like a new version of Street Fighter, it's not about the story at all. It's about zero percent about that. Mm hmm. It's like it's like intentionally the same game over again. It's supposed to be. That's like the point is that. Yeah. See, a movie is something that you would normally watch once, whereas a game of Street Fighter or Counter-Strike or Magic the Gathering or whatever, those things you're supposed to play a million times like over mm -hmm. and over and over again. And so a new version of it is like it could be new content, but it could be just tuned better. And that's what each version of Street Fighter is usually attempting to do. I think what they the ingredients they have are let's take what we have and tune it better. Let's sometimes add some content mm -hmm. and then let's sometimes introduce new systems, you know, game mechanic systems. Yeah. I don't think they're always to make the game better. I think sometimes it's just to arbitrarily change things to make it different. But anyway, that's that's what's going on. And People seem to be generally okay with that too, I think. Things like Street Fighter, especially in Street Fighter, as they play it more, they find problems with the game. Mm -hmm. Balance problems, bad matchups, bugs even. Things that just don't work correctly and it's exploitable to the gameplay. That audience that is trying to find the best player in the world, they like it when the tool to do that is as perfect as possible for them to be able to represent that, right? Yeah. So they welcome the new version if it has all these changes that help them find the best player. I'll just rattle off some versions of Street Fighter. So Street Fighter 2 had eight characters, and there were four characters that were bosses that you couldn't play as. We could play against in the CPU, you know, that was irrelevant. Then the Champion Edition, it tuned things that were already there, like fixing some re-dizzy combos and a bunch of other balance concerns uh, added the ability to do reversal <laughs> dragon punches, right. for example. Right, 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 uh, right. And it added those four bosses. Then right. Hyper Fight. You can also mirror match in that one, too, oh, which you right. could do in the first one. Added mirror matches, too. So, yeah. So it's the same game over again, but fixed up with four new characters. Then the next version, Hyper Fighting, is like an accident of history. It wasn't really intended to be the next version. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a stopgap between that and super it doesn't add any characters and it doesn't add any frames of animation either but it really really tunes the game up a lot and i think it's a fantastic game mm -hmm. uh, people really liked it so added zero characters just retuned things and at the time it was really successful then super was the super street fighter was the one that was supposed to be super street fighter 2 that is was supposed to be the sequel to champion as so that came next and did really badly it had slow game speed that's one of the main reasons and it was kind of a little boring compared because hyper fighting the one before was like almost too good right yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Added. okay yeah. anyway super added four new characters and redid the engine like redrew everything went to new cps2 hardware then mm -hmm. super turbo added zero characters that was next tuned things a lot more and it was actually really unsuccessful at the time, but right. I don't think that was really because of anything about the game design. It, it was just that Super Street Fighter did so badly that the arcade operators didn't really want to buy Super Turbo, no matter how good it was. Right, right, right. They were burned already from Super. Yeah. So it stood the test of time. So some of these things are kind of irrelevant, but it, I'm just sort of showing like it's mostly rebalancing. It's sometimes adding characters, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, then the next version was, what, 14 years later or whatever that, yeah. that I made, uh, HG Remix. And that tried to add Akuma as one character, although mm -hmm. there's some bunch of bugs that make him make us have to ban him. It's really, really frustrating because, like, I know exactly how to fix those and could easily fix mm -hmm. them, but... Uh, they didn't want to. Anyway, so they tried to add one character, didn't work out, and then tuning and, and balancing across the board. Graphics. Uh, yeah. So the, okay, then there's Alpha Series, which is like completely reboots everything. And then Alpha 2 changed a bunch of stuff about the game system and added five new characters. Then Alpha 3 changed a bunch about the game system. I think arbitrarily, I don't think they were zeroing in on anything. I think they're just like, oh, let's completely change it all now. Uh, and they added a ton of characters in that game. There's also like multiple versions of Alpha 3 where they just kept adding more and more characters. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, we could do Street Fighter Four, but you get the idea. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I get. Yeah. I want to. I do want to give Guilty Gear as an example, though. So in, in Guilty Gear XX, that's the one where they finally got their act together and made an incredibly good game. Right. From then on, they added two characters in that game, and then in all the versions after that, Reload slash Accent Core and Accent Core Plus R, and every single one of those, mm-hmm. they did exactly the same thing. They rebalanced it. They added two characters. Mm-hmm. And they changed the way the HUD looks. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. just to let you know it's a new game. <laughs> right, right. So you don't get confused when you play it. It's actually super helpful for uh, for the Plus R on Xbox or in PS3. So yeah. we can figure out what version we're playing. <laughs> so just to take, I mean, I'm just kind of randomly choosing this, but Reload. So that was the second one on that list. Mm-hmm. Went from XX to Reload. So they added two characters and they rebalanced it. And at the time... Right. Everyone I talked to was excited. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a new Guilty Gear. Like it was like a given that they would buy it and play it and they were looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't hear anyone that I knew say like, oh, it's just a sequel. Like screw that or something. People were probably generally excited about the possible balance changes. The possible. Oh, yeah. They were really excited. It's like in that one, uh, right. Eddie and Slayer were too good. And so they got toned down. They're actually mm-hmm. still ridiculous. They're still like probably too good. But but those changes were welcome to make them. Right. Right. Less good. Uh, and then for some other players who may maybe played some of the weaker characters, they were excited that, hey, our characters are going to get a little better. And now and now I can be a little more serious. I can play the character I want. Mm hmm. And so that's really appealing to new characters. I mean, that's probably appealing in its own right of, oh, hey, new content is always great. I'm curious how important the two new characters are. That's really a lot of the reason that we're even having this episode is like that question right there. Like, so to me personally, if they had not added those two characters, I wouldn't have cared. Right. Yeah. Because I I mean, if you can give me a better version of a thing that's like incredible that is so valuable to me if you can mm-hmm. take a thing that i like and give me something that's like it but better that's so mm-hmm. rare in this world that i would desperately want it but maybe for most people those two characters mattered a lot in their perception sure. of the value what do you think about dlc of those two characters versus a new game like in one universe there's no mm-hmm. new game and you just buy those two characters yeah. Another universe, you buy a new game that has the two characters. I know that's the way we're going with DLC. Like, we're going to release two characters on DLC. You can pay for them. Like, I think XR does that, doesn't it? Like, it has characters you can buy. Yeah, that's right. And so for me, I think I would rather just buy the characters, but I'm not really sure how people feel about that quite yet. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe, I'm not maybe they don't like it. it. I'm not clear on it either. I think it's there's kind of a lot going on there because... I mean, to put to, to put an example of like Zelda or something, if they said, OK, here's here's some Zelda game we made and here's like a new level for it, a DLC. And here's like a new patch you can buy that like tunes up the old levels or monsters or makes yeah. you can play it again, but it's harder or something. Yeah. So that's there's value in that. But mm-hmm. the, the hype level is just so much less than if they said, here's a new Zelda game that has all this polished stuff just like built in from the beginning. I I think there's some element of that here where they release like a million characters for Guilty Gear. That's well, okay, that's they shouldn't release a million characters. But (laughs) if they if they release, I I mean, a normal number, like six Mm. characters or something, then yeah, that's cool. But if they release a new Guilty Gear, there's something about the perception of it. that's like, oh, like. It's time to dive in now. Like, I think it can get more people more hyped by right. a new version. I think that's true. Capcom does that with their Street Fighter 4 series. They didn't release new characters for you to download and then play. They released expansions with balance fixes, uh, some new stages, and the characters, right? And then they called it a super version or an ultra version. Or an arcade edition version. I mean, maybe it's only like a money thing that if they can get people to buy the whole game again, they make more money. But if that's if that is just entirely what it is, that's actually still okay to me because like in, okay, if if they are to, to keep developing their games, I mean, they have a mm-hmm. whole team and they have like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this stuff costs like a crazy amount and it, yeah, 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 
makes sense to me that they they're like, you know, we made a certain amount of revenue and we kind of need to make a similar amount to keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and if we do DLC, it's like maybe we're I mean, it's like a f- pyramid or something, you know, X number of people bought the game and then over time it, other games come out. And so maybe we have fewer people and now it's like a smaller and smaller market to sell the DLC to. But it's mm-hmm. like a reset point every time they release a new game. Right. Yeah, definitely. Which can make sense for them and for even indirectly for me as a player, because that can increase the player base potentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, good, you know, more opponents. Yeah. I, I think you're definitely right about this refresh thing. There's a lot more hype around Ultra Street Fighter than we're releasing Poison as a DLC. Yeah, like way, way more, right? Like, mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. If they said, we're just going to release new characters and then quietly patch the game and stuff, I, I think people would not really hear it. Event hubs wouldn't make as, as big of a deal of it. Yeah, I'm kind of imagining like a hypothetical change to Street Fighter where they said, okay, we're patching, we're going to patch the game and we're changing some fairly major things about the game system. Like some of the major mechanics were changing how they work and, and not arbitrarily. Like we really thought about this and we think it's going to be better. And so that's why we're doing that. Yeah. Okay. So let's say they did that and they could release it as a patch. Okay, you can imagine it could be a free patch. You can imagine it could be a thing that you pay for, or you could mm-hmm. imagine it's just a completely new game. It yeah. seems like the new game in that example is just like way more hype and be way more successful. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there's definitely like a balance between, Coming out with a new game. So the new game would get the most hype, but that would be the most expensive, right? Obviously. Yeah. To do like a new game. Okay. That's super duper expensive. We can't afford that. How about just DLC characters like release poison and then have a free update for the patch because we need to get that out there. Well, that patch is kind of expensive. That's a lot of man hours and testing, right? We got to be able to pay for this patch. Mm -hmm. And, and we don't think selling poison as a dlc character is gonna cover that cost sure well i mean yeah i mean it might or who knows right i get your point so then they'll do the one in the middle which isn't a new game not just character dlc but the expansion i guess you can call it right like yeah uh, would you call ultra street fighter 4 an expansion i I mean i would so we'll release an expansion that has all the fixes that we need in the game so the game is fresh is balanced well it's a standalone game though so it's a little confusing about whether we call it an expansion because it's not like it requires the base set to work or something i think the reason why i call it expansion is because it costs less for me than buying the game over again that some other people would have to does that make sense Mm -hmm. as an owner of super street fighter 4 it costs 20 or something like that but if you wanted to buy wholesale it was like 40 okay fine it's yeah walks the line there so I think that was part of the decision. We have to pay for these patches. <laughs> they can't be free. Support for this podcast comes from patrons like you at patreon.com slash You can become a patron and support the development of more finely tuned Serlin games, as well as more content on this podcast. And if you do, you get access to a sneak peek at art that's in development and playtest materials for upcoming games. You also get access to a special second podcast where you can hear behind the scenes of how we actually solve design problems. That's patreon.com slash Serlin. Okay, let's talk about the tabletop game world there, because it seems like it's kind of opposite of like everything we've talked about. And it's, that's really hard to, to deal with that. So right. let's use, how about Puzzle Strike 3rd Edition as an example of my game? That is a sequel in like the loosest sense and it's taking what was in the second edition and polishing it and fixing it up changing major mechanics of the game actually when you crash gems you can crash to anyone in the free-for-all mode instead of just to the left uh, it removed player elimination so it doesn't have that anymore in the free-for-all mode plus balance changes and then the major system change where when you crash a gem you lose a dollar of spending power that turn Whereas you didn't Mm -hmm. before. And so that requires several other things to change in response so that it all works. So, yeah, it's okay. Remember the very first thing we talked about where is a sequel like a cash grab versus a real reason to exist? This is like extremely far in the reason to exist. Like it's entirely there for design reasons. And it's actually a negative cash grab. It's actually losing. Like I scrapped a bunch of inventory of the second edition Mm -hmm. just because 
I thought that this way of doing things in the third edition was so good that I didn't want to wait around. I just wanted to start selling it right away. So that was a money losing proposition to do that. And I also knew that in the tabletop game world, everyone would hate a new version of a thing. I don't know why, but I knew they would. And Mm -hmm. so I could make more money by simply not releasing a better game. But I did it anyway. It wasn't it's like the opposite of about money. It's about making the best product I could. So what's going on there with that being seen as so bad? Yeah. In a world where people will see sequels of movies and pay for sequels of of video games. Yeah. It seems that paying for a another version of a board game or a card game is a much harder proposition yeah, so there's all these <laughs> arguments that get thrown around like, well, it should be free. And it was like, okay, really? Because it's like new components and new developments. So, so not really. And then, sure. then there's like, well, you have to buy the game over again. Well, first of all, you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> Your old game works. Yeah, there's a lot of like, oh, we I, now I have to buy the new version of Puzzle Strike. Yeah, but and nobody said that with Mario Kart. Nobody said it with Guilty Gear either. Right, right. And even if they did say that, you don't actually have to. Yeah, right. If you don't like it, you could just not buy it and you can enjoy whatever you already have. So you got any insight here or what's why is this happening? Well, I'm, I'm not in the board game world. You know, I'm not as entrenched to it, so I don't know the value of things, but in your estimation, if I was at, you know, I'm going to ask you if, do you think board games is a more expensive hobby than video games or do you think it's comparable or? No, oh, I, I don't mean, know. It's kind of a general question <laughs> because like, you could play iPhone games for a dollar or something. And right. If that's what you mean. Then video games are cheap, but you could, but there's also the world of video games where they cost like 50 or $60 and it's like pretty much the same. Like a thing that you're going to hear is like, well, so a board game comes out and I bought it and then there's a new version that makes it better. And mm. So what, I just got to like throw the old one away. But the thing is like, it's actually the same with, well, you're going to throw your old Mario Kart away. I mean, what's, Mm -hmm. are you going to throw your like Guilty Gear XX away? (laughs) Like when you buy Reload, the next version. And and, like, nobody's like, well, when Reload comes out, how come I can't put the thing, how come I can't combine it with my old one? Can I only buy like the couple new pieces of Reload and put it into my old Guilty Gear. Like nobody even bothered bringing that up, but it's the main yeah. central discussion for a board game. Maybe this is not a valid argument or something, but I know what a lot of people would do with their old video games. They would go to GameStop and get a couple bucks from it. I guess, but you could do that with board games too. And also the set of people complaining about this seems to be seems to include tons of people who are not doing that in either case. Yeah, that's super strange to me. Here's a here's maybe a, an attempt. Some part of an explanation is like in the video game case, it's actually like it's kind of sounds a little ludicrous to say, like, can't I put new f- features from this new game into my old game? Because like, how would that even technically work? You know? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, like, what if Mario Kart 8 changed the f- physics of drifting, which it did, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, can I put these new Mario Kart 8 things into Mario Kart 7? It's like, what are you even talking about? Like, (laughs) why would they, why would they do that? Like, no, just buy the new Mario Kart. Okay. So people kind of know not to say that. (laughs) Right. But then it seems like, um, maybe you could say that for a board game, like, okay, here's this board game. And then a new version comes out. And why can't you just give me all the pieces that are different or something? So it's at first glance, it seems like for, for like for free, right. Or, well, or maybe for a small fee, like okay, some people would say for free, but then that doesn't make sense in their physical components. So they'll say right. they'll say for a, yeah for a small fee, like not even paying for development, just for the parts, which wouldn't make sense. And then some people say no, no, I'll play for the development and the parts, but I just don't want to buy the game over again, the rest of right. it. But like when you look closer at that, it's like okay, well, what's in this theoretical? I mean, we're not only talking about Puzzle Strike, just any new game. Like mm-hmm. maybe the card backs are are better looking now, and so those aren't compatible. Uh, or maybe they are whatever and the wording on a bunch of things change maybe there's a new mode and so things are worded to go with that new mode that's true in in puzzle strike like there could be just all sorts of things mm-hmm. different and producing like a patch that fully i don't know works with the new things and the old things like it's quite a burden it's inefficient to do the hassle to manufacture and like i don't know i mean there's a <laughs> lot there's just a lot of yeah. reasons why why that wouldn't be a good thing to make 
and it just sounds impossible to distribute that but, way, I guess, but, too. But <laughs> I mean, if you just don't think about that, then maybe it sounds like, oh, well, it should just be like, how come it isn't? But in the video game case, you kind of know, like you can't that, ask that, that. Yeah. So maybe that's a lot of what it is, is like not thinking through all the logistics. I mean, I, I certainly think that's true. They don't go past the that first initial thought of, look, here's a card in my hand. I just got rid of it and I could put another one in there. So even that doesn't really explain what we're seeing, because let me give you another example. Not one of my games. We'll use Summoner Wars this time. So mm -hmm. as a disclaimer, I think Summoner Wars is a good game. And although I will say this negative thing about it, that's just one aspect of it. And right. I'm not like out to get it or something. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, right. I, all all the power to them. If they fix this thing, that would be great. You know, so Water D is this player who's played a, a absurd amount of Summoner Wars, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he made a claim about the game that says mm -hmm. that it's so defensive that the correct move is to do nothing forever until mm -hmm. the opponent does something. And that this is true. This is not true always for all matchups. But about half of the factions at one point in time, half of the, the kind of first set of 16 or something mm -hmm. factions, that was true. So if you were to play one of those half versus the other one, another one in that half, both of you should do nothing. Mm -hmm. And if anyone does anything, then that person will likely lose. So he made that claim. And that's like a pretty strong claim. That's, yeah. That sounds pretty crazy. And he's made some claims about my games that are sometimes a little crazy too, but he tries <laughs> really hard to back them up with ev evidence. Right, right, right. And right. show, you know, there's a judgment call, like what has he proven or something. In my games, sure, I think he sure, has sure. a pretty good record. Like I don't, uh, there are several things I didn't agree with him on. Right, and then there right. were some I did. So in this mm -hmm. Summoner Wars case, he went so far beyond the level of what you would need to show for this to right. be true it was great he, fulf he fulfilled his burden of truth <laughs> like <laughs> over and over and over again right uh so like in the ios version there was um it's actually just all about who clicks pass faster <laughs> right can you see why because if doing nothing is good then if i click pass very very fast and you p click it slower then you will run at a time first so you will lose mm -hmm. and if you do anything you lose in, in these particular matchups, not in any matchup. And so he's right. he did that over and over and and like had this crazy record. And then he would challenge like all comers mm -hmm. on, on forums, including all the best players and would like almost harass and, them for matches, like just to right. show this and and prove his point. <laughs> yeah. And then so people try to say, oh, well, but tournaments disprove your point. But wow. No, they don't. Because the common tournament format is this. Re it's really, in my opinion, not even a valid format at all to have a tournament where uh, you'd imagine that you could just pick any faction you wanted mm -hmm. like a normal thing but no you you have to pick a different one each round in what was the official or most common tournament format <laughs> right think about that yeah 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 it's like if i go to play street fighter if i win with ryu then i have to choose another character right yeah so it has like loads of problems like it should be a basic right to pick the faction you want and so and you can't that's stupid any given match is lower skilled than if you could because people are playing like their fifth best faction versus someone mm -hmm. else's sixth best faction yep so yep it's like lower skilled matches. It doesn't showcase the best skill, the best players because of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. On top of all that, it's actually unfair. It's actually unfair as a format because mm -hmm. someone like Water D, who's like well known and everyone, everyone's like, oh yeah, he's the one of the better players. So Water D faces only the most powerful factions because everyone saves their faction, their most powerful faction for him. And uh, and he has the formula. But then someone else. Well, regardless of that, just like forget about this defensive problem thing. It's just he, so mm. he's facing the most powerful faction always, but then other players who are not known aren't. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Because everyone saved him for him. And you, so you could say like, well, he'd face all the most powerful factions if everyone could choose their faction. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, but the, uh, so would other people as opposed to only him. Also, he can't play that faction back. He can only play it once. Mm -hmm. And yet he has to face it constantly. There's just right. all sorts of reasons why this is a totally terrible tournament format. And it, <laughs> right. and it happens to completely hide the problem because it forces all these dis different matchups so you don't see the problem. Right. If they could all choose, then it would be really easy for Water D to 
work exactly the broken strategy, right? Like, yeah, to try to provoke the screwed up matches, he could, in mm-hmm. theory, try that. So because he's, they're all random. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, OK, that's stupid. And so I, I told him he should have his own tournament. So he did have his own tournaments where you could pick whatever. And then it just showed mm-hmm. exactly what you thought what he said it would show. <laughs> uh, and then I'm sure when he presented that as evidence, everyone else was like, well, that's not a real tournament. <laughs> So it doesn't count. Well, people had a re- a lot of really bad arguments against that. So some of them were saying like that it that it was just not true. And I thought he went way beyond showing that it was true. Uh, mm-hmm. But then other people were like, oh, it doesn't even matter if it's true. It could be true. And it's not a problem because you can just not play those matchups. It's like, OK, that's a bad argument because they are going to get played. It's bad to have a game where so many matchups have this horrible problem where nobody wants to move. I think the designer or someone very high up said it's not a problem because in a tournament. So in the iOS version, okay, fine. That's, that's stupid that whoever passes first wins and that should Mm -hmm. get some kind of fix or something. But uh, in a tournament, you'll both lose if you both play like that. So it's okay. And then water D's response, which I completely agreed with said that actually that's not okay. That makes the game a game of chicken. We just sit there and both, we both want to do nothing. If I do something, I give up some percent chance of winning. I make it 70-30 in your favor or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I won't lose automatically. If I do not, if we both do nothing, we'll both lose. So it's a game of chicken because it's like who's willing to give up the 70-30 in yeah, order to, Yeah. Yeah. And so Waterdee's point there is that's not even Summoner Wars anymore. Like we're just playing a game of chicken. It doesn't even matter like what Summoner Wars is about. And that's stupid. I think it's a good point. I think at the end of the day, it's just a bad dynamic and it should right. be fixed. But so what should they do about that? So what they actually did about it was release new factions where they're designed in such a way as to not have this problem. (laughs) Okay, good. So they have new factions that don't run into this. But what about the old factions? Exactly. So what about the old factions? (laughs) So Water D said, you know, what would be really great is if you fix the old factions and people flipped out. They hated that idea. Right. Yeah. And he confronted them and it's like. Look, so Phoenix Elves, I would like to play a Phoenix Elves that works correctly. That would be great. And if the company offered that and gave me a way to buy that, I would love to buy that. That would make me happier if I could buy that. And then other people said that they didn't want it to exist. And it was such a clash of ideology. Like he's like, that's super selfish. I mean, you're not even you're not saying you don't want to buy it. Yeah, you're, you're you saying don't want it even you exist. don't want me to buy it. You don't want right. me to be able to buy it. <laughs> uh, so what? Yeah, like that is so completely opposite of what we talked about in the video game world. Right. Where people would totally buy a rebounds version of a game. In fact, yeah, they have done it over and over and over again. Yeah. And I just want to be clear that we're talking about a case where. You could have people arguing where everyone and just hypothetically, everyone in the argument agreed that the balance changes were better. So it wasn't even about like, oh, the balance changes ruin things. No, 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 no. Everyone agreed that it's like a fix. But some Mm -hmm. people said, and it shouldn't exist. And other people said, no, it should. So I think that mentality it's mattered crazy. a lot. Mattered a lot in in Puzzle Strike, like because you talked about how sure. maybe people didn't think through, like, well, exactly what would it mean to have an upgrade pack when it's like such a huge percentage of the game? It would be like two skews where one of them is like almost the whole game over again. And how do you really sell that? But but then uh-huh. even even if those people were not part of our discussion, there's still this other thing about oh, it's it's like the same thing over again, and that's bad, and it shouldn't exist. So how how do we not have that happen? Like in the board game world, how can we make a new thing that's better and have people go oh that's great like thank you for making that i mean you could trick them into thinking you could just make a I new don't game trick them. right like the, right they shouldn't be tricked it should be Not like trick straightforward trick, trick is trick trick is a bad word i didn't mean tricked here's the thing if you took puzzle strike third edition then called it something else maybe people would not think it was the same game it's just all the the title or something but video games don't have to worry about that like the they don't have to, don't they don't have have to, to hide that, yeah. that it's mario kart 8 they could put an 8 on it and everyone's like oh whatever i imagine in in i'm going to create a hypothetical world where puzzle strike second edition and there was no third edition and then some other company created puzzle strike that was fixed people would think it was the greatest thing ever but if it's the same company then it's bad right it's the it's same a, company it's a then... cash grab <laughs> right right <laughs> even right. though it's the opposite of that 
But then you make the third edition and then all of a sudden it's buying the game over again. Uh, are there games where people have made a version of the game and then released a game that is a better version of that, but it was another company and then people were okay with that? Are there examples of that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This this other, like this other company thing is like, well, uh, so like a Star Wars game, card game, like the license changed hands or Netrunner is another one recently been a popular card game by Fantasy Flight, but it was originally by Richard Garfield with Wizards of the Coast, I believe. So that changed hands and everyone likes that. Mm-hmm. It's also been a long time. Does Magic have the problem if they re-release cards and then people have to buy them over again or something? Oh, sure. That's another. So Magic is totally not doing what I'm talking about here. Like I'm talking about you make a thing and then you're like, how do we make that thing better? They absolutely do not do that. They make new things forever. And uh, like if they have an old card that that didn't quite work out, they're like, oh, had a nice idea. So they can errata the wording Mm -hmm. and they do that. But they errata wording only to fix like wording mistakes, like where it's not functioning the way it is supposed to function or if a system rule changes you know they might fix the wording to work with that rule but that's different than like its functionality like its intention changing a little bit they don't want to do that well okay i see what you mean yeah yeah like okay like something does two damage or something and they're like you know i really should have done three damage no they do not they don't go okay now it does three damage they make a new card with a new name and a new picture Mm-hmm. And they just keep making new things forever. And so people right. seem to like that. Right. So they never run into this to that problem. Yeah, they don't oh. run into that that problem. It's right. not the okay. same. It's not at all the same as if Summoner Wars said, OK, we made Phoenix Elves. Here's Phoenix Elves again. It's like intentionally the same cards. It's not mm-hmm. that we're lazy. It's we're trying to fix those cards to give you a better version <laughs> right, of that. Right. And then right. so Magic does not do that. They just make all new stuff. Uh, and you could say, well, Summoner Wars should do that. But Phoenix Elves, it's like it's like a team. It's like an identity. It's a thing. And it's right. reasonable to like that and want that fixed. It's even stronger mm-hmm. in my games. What if you like Jaina? She's like a certain character that you might identify yeah. with and like her look and her personality and her play right. style. And if we just go, oh, sorry, Jaina's broken. Uh, basically, she's never going to work. But here's some other character. That's just <laughs> right, like yeah. not a very good answer. I would agree with that, but it seems like people would prefer that. Would you? Would you agree? Yeah, like, right. I guess, yes. but I don't know what to do with that. Like, because that's and, and this is not me saying you should do that. Obviously, I, I think that sounds like in in my brain, it sounds horrible to say forget that character. There's this new character is mostly the same, but works like that. That sounds that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> well, let me run this by you about Puzzle Strike. So this is I want to be clear to our listeners. This is hypothetical. This is like I made this up. On the spot, we are not in the middle of developing this. There's no plans for this. All right, I'm I'm working on a new version of Pandante right now and Codex and another unannounced game. And I'm not working on this. This is just a hypothetical (laughs) idea. So please don't go crazy or... Okay, Don't don't go on Board Game Geeks and type up new Puzzle Strike version 4 coming out. Yeah, don't do that because that's (laughs) not what's happening right now. But let's say, hypothetically, we had made some new version of Puzzle Strike. Okay, Mm -hmm. now, do you think it would be successful if it were done the following way? All right, so we take what's there and polish it and balance it a little better. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's one thing we do. Also, but but not just balance. There's some kind of system change, and I don't even know what it is uh, because I haven't thought about it, but some kind of system change that it makes the whole game work a little better or more interesting or something. Okay, so there's so it feels a little different in a good way. Plus, we polish that. Okay, and then on top of that, the set of chips that you get, it's actually not the same set. It's like several of them are the same. So they are they are pretty the same in like second and third or all, or I forget if we changed a couple, but they're like. It's like the same chips fixed up. Mm-hmm. But what if it was, you know, 80% the same, 20% different ones? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on top of that, there's two new characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's <Right>. the new version. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, is that more what people want compared to a different universe where we say this new version of Puzzle Strike, it is the old one tuned up with balance changes and that's it? I figure that they would want the one with two characters. So so each version comes comes with like more and more characters. 
like 10 it comes with 10 already it's like a lot <laughs> yeah, right right yeah it's a lot yeah it's hard to imagine being more excited about the one without the characters sure so the hypothetical thing let's just start over let's start over okay it was a new sure. thing new puzzle strike and again where this is hypothetical we're not really making it but okay it's got two more characters so you're a little mm-hmm. excited are two more characters huh excited mm-hmm. yeah, i'm excited i got i'm getting two new characters what else are, tw- what else is can you say about this Oh, it's it's more balanced. Maybe it's easier so I can get more people to play with me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> more balanced. I don't know if that's even important to a lot of people. I mean, it's super, super top te- priority, yeah. 10 out of 10 to the most hardcore people. Right. But I, I agree. Maybe the balancing is not. But if the you said average it was people easier, like yeah. they don't even they're not even playing at a level where this balance stuff matters a lot. That's true. That's true. I think I think you're right about that. Um. So it it seems like they'd care more if there was some cool aspect that was different. Mm -hmm. Like if everyone had like a new super move chip or something. Mm -hmm. Or every every character had a new character chip. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the thing here is that let's say everybody had a new super move or new character chip or something like that. Whatever, whatever game results from that. Now, it might be fun and great, Mm -hmm. but it just won't be as balanced as if you didn't add that and you just tuned what was there. Because right, sure. If you take what we have, it's like we know what we have and then we can we already could identify balance issues or whatever because it's been out a long totally. time. And mm-hmm. we could address those. But then if you if you completely change things around the way you're just talking about, then you're just kind of starting over balance wise and so it won't be as right. good. But yeah. but my point is that maybe that's what people want because it's not it's not about like make the most balanced game possible and nothing else matters. <laughs> There's like a fun factor concern as well. Well, new features is just exciting in in general for people and not not just even games like software, too. Sure. Yeah. New features, new modes, even better. Right. Right. Yeah. What if there's like a co-op mode? Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. I mean, what sounds more exciting here? New iOS. All it is is way more stable, way more stability, all bug fixes or new iOS 40 new features. <laughs> Which one sounds more exciting? You know, I was actually way behind Apple when they did a version of the OS that had no new features. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was one person that was like, everything is just works better, is more stable, is faster, it takes up less memory. And there are intentionally no new features. And then the one after that, there was like a million new features. But uh, yeah, yeah. And with new I features, mean, came, I don't know. Once in a while, you can do that. I think it's certainly okay. It's important to note that just new features introduces new problems. It just does, sure. you know, for software for games. You should probably wrap up now, but I guess the last thing I just want to think about here is: so, if I were to make a new version of any of my games, I'm kind of stuck, not knowing even what to do. Because on the one hand, the most, in a way, the most natural thing to do is to take what I have and then make a better version of it. Right. More polished and more balanced. And the people who are the most vocal are the hard, the most hardcore people that are playing these games a lot. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what they would want. They'd be like, I played this thing a million times. There's just one rough edge. And why don't you fix that? And there's just one character. It's a little too weak. And why don't you fix that? And that's what they want. But then isn't that approach not what people seem to actually want out there in the world. I think what's really important about new versions is not only making the the hardcore happy, but you kind of want to make sure the new players are going to get the best game too. Yeah. Well, but I feel like Puzzle Strike 3rd Edition did do that though. Like, because it had a free-for-all mode that doesn't have elimination, whereas it used to. Mm-hmm. And it had a free-for-all mode where you could crash to everyone. So Tons of people ask for that and the way the old game worked and we just couldn't make that work. But finally we figured right. out how. So instead of crashing right. just to the left, you could crash to anyone. So that's two things where the casual person just immediately liked that. Also, it had more components like a board and some screens. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to be an expert to just like appreciate those. So it yeah. had a bunch of things for casual people, actually. And that didn't help at all. People still like super hated on it, even existing, even the, like the concept that it would be released. So I'm still like, don't even know. 
I mean, for, so the people who kept saying that it shouldn't even exist, are those people who had already bought the game or are they people who were thinking about buying the game and then decided not to because a new version came out? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a little of both. I mean, right. in some sense, it worked out because it gets mentioned still as one of, if not the best deck building games. And it's like kind of stood the test of time. Sure. As, as a game. <laughs> so like a million deck building games were made and... As the dust settled, it is favorable to Puzzle Strike in many mm -hmm. ways. But still, at the time, it was super negative. Yeah. So yeah. I've just... I, yeah, that's why I want to do this whole show is just to think about sequels and making new versions and what do people like and how do you get that to line up with making things actually better? I think my biggest concern about people's reactions to this thing is, again, the perception of for new players, because if you're a new player and you don't want to buy it because this new version is out that replaces the old version, well, you don't own it yet. So it's really weird to be concerned with that. You should be happy that as a first time buyer, you get to have the best version of it. Sure. So it would make more sense to complain if you had bought the previous version than if right. you had not. If you had not bought anything, it seems like you should be just absolutely happy about the new thing. Exactly. So it's hard for me to figure out a fix for pre-existing players who simply are just they don't want to buy the game over again quotes sure but but everyone did with guilty gear <laughs> right but everyone did with guilty gear i mean and the mediums does are different. mario kart yeah the, right the mediums are different but then when we try to point out like exactly why it's different exactly what about it is different it's like well the things that are relevant aren't really different i think people need to learn that you don't have to buy it you don't have to buy it and you don't have to tell people who want to buy it not to mm-hmm let people buy the thing they want. And if it's such a bad idea, then wouldn't it just figure itself out like you would just sell zero copies and then go broke, right? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that was my my take on it before is that if I think it's better and if even the people, a lot of the people complaining also agree that the new game is better, right. then it's for people who want a better thing. And, it, and mm -hmm. either enough of those people buy it that we keep going or they don't and then i don't make more games right right exactly <laughs> so that's that's a take but another guess lesson we can think about is what you're saying on thinking of things from the casual point of view which i feel like i already did you know like i mentioned right. these things for puzzle strike but if it had two more characters or something like that's yet even another another way that it can appeal to casuals so i think we've totally thought about that yeah. with pandante which we're working on now where yeah. there's several things about it Absolutely. that are changing to because we think it would be better to change them. So th that's really like the thrust of what we want to do. And yet there are a ton of things that casual players would love. Yes. Because yeah. there's and all these options and extras and modes. There's a, t there's a crazy number of them that you can <laughs> add on mm -hmm. in any way you want. And so maybe we've got the best of both worlds there. Because if you didn't care about tuning things be as you know smooth as possible or something there's a there's just a lot of other stuff for you this pandete will have an exciting name or something part of it or something right or um, <laughs> exciting name yeah. i don't think you're gonna call it just pandete the second edition right it's gonna be like the light and dark expansion although it seems like there should be a second edition that has the light and dark expansion in it so that if you hadn't bought anything you could kind of get it all in one go and if you had bought something, you could get the expansion. I don't, I don't know. That makes sense to me. But I kind of. But are people going to be mad that there even is a way to buy a new set? With I mean, I don't know. I I hope not. I it's like to offer the new players the best thing we can. Is this what we should be doing? I'm hoping people who are going to listen to this realize that a new version of the games you're making. You are not making new versions for shameless cash grabbing. <laughs> I hope people who've listened to this will take that away with them. Like they could object to whatever else. But this idea that you're going to fix Pandante as a way to make more money <laughs> is not true. <laughs> yeah, the actual story there is I'd like to be working on Codex, but we were demoing Pandante mm -hmm. at conventions and stuff and just discovered ways to kind of smooth it out and make it faster just in like playing the game more and seeing it played just figured out more improvements 
And then instead of saying like, okay, here's like a similar version with some improvements, we didn't really approach it like that at all. Was we mm-hmm. also thought of all this extra content that could be there. Yeah. And yeah. so I think to the average person, it's really mostly about all that extra content. And it's just kind of like a bonus that, oh, and by the way, it plays smoother and faster. And I got to tell you, demoing those games was incredibly valuable in terms of figuring out problems. Sure. It was yeah. an incredible experience demoing Pandante. Yeah. What happened is towards the end of development, before we shipped it, people kind of discovered some exploits and ways to play it in ways we didn't like. And we slightly changed the rules to address that. And so it's totally mm-hmm. addressed and the game works. Yeah. The shipped game works fine it works so well you could play it for money Mm -hmm. but it means that it could have been a little smoother like now that we really know that how it all shook out like we could we could solve those problems we could change a few rules at a more fundamental level and then not even have those problems show up in the first place so they don't they don't need a little fix because they're just not even there Uh, yeah anyway so the yes it's this is so not about a cash grab like i'm maybe i'm gonna lose money on this for all i know but it's like i see a way to add a bunch of content to this game and improve it. And I just can't not make it. It's like important to me to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to have a good version of your game, just yeah. like anybody else wants a good version of their stuff in their portfolio. Well, the shipped version's a good version, but it's more like at any time, I want the best version to be out there. The best version I can imagine, you know? <laughs> That's a. That's that's a much better way than, than good. Yes, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened with other games too. Like mm-hmm. Flash Duel, I thought was pretty good. And at the time, it was like the best way to make that game I could imagine. But then later on, we realized like, oh, there could be a 2v2 mode and there could be like a four versus the dragon mode. And we could change the rules just barely in order to accommodate all these amazing new things that we never thought about. So then there was yeah. a point in time where the best version I could imagine was like way better than what was released. And so I took time out of Puzzle Strike and Yomi to make that update to Flash Tool because I just felt like I yeah. had to. I don't know how to express that, but like I, I had no choice. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just had to. You knew that it could be something way better. You got to take it when you can. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a burden to figure these things out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would bother you to know that like a version that is not the best it can be is, is out there. And it has your name on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered uh, a lot of sides of this. So thanks for I think so. I think the chat. I don't think we solved the problem exactly, but at least we have something that talks about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> made some headway. So everyone share this on Board Game Geek so they, they understand. <laughs> well, maybe we've angered them somehow. I don't know. It's not really my intention. No, no. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we didn't anger any transformer fans out there either so <laughs> yeah i mean my intention is just to try to make better things and have people think that's good <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah <laughs> all right well take care yeah take it easy all right bye. see you next time bye